The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Scott Chu. Yo, everybody. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast. My name, of course, is Scott Chu. You can find me on Twitter at IfTheChewFits. Let's get right to the injuries and transactions. Aroldis Chapman hit the IL due to an infection related to a new tattoo on his leg. I'm not making that up. That's what's really happening. And that serves as a nice little reminder that Clay Holmes is due back on Monday. He likely steps right back into that closer's role, especially with Scott Efros still on the IL. Patrick Wisdom hit the IL with a finger injury. Yohan Moncada, who just continues to disappoint this season, now has to deal with a 10-day IL stint thanks to a hamstring injury. Mike Moustakis, who'd finally been hitting a little, he hit the IL with a calf injury. Clayton Kershaw threw 70 pitches in a simulated game. He should be back without too much more weight. Jorge Polanco left the Twins game early with an undisclosed injury. We'll definitely be looking for more information on that. Danny Jimenez of the A's, he hit the 60-day IL. You can consider him out for the rest of the season. And Jack Flaherty had a decent outing in AAA allowing one run in seven base runners in 5.1 innings while striking out three. He's back next week and should be stretched out pretty well. And finally, Brandon Lowe, who's already day-to-day uh, due to just the Rays not wanting to start him every day, now also has an elbow issue that'll continue to impact his playing time. Hitting performances from yesterday, we'll start with Christian Yelich. He went 4-5 for five with a home run, two runs scored, and three RBI. And over Yelich's last 11 appearances, he's slashing 357, 413, 524. And if he finishes the season strong, Yelich can flirt with 15 home runs and 20 steals with a decent batting average and a fairly strong OBP. At this point, I think we'd all be happy if that's just what Yelich is for this season and the next few seasons, but hopefully he'll have to stay healthy to even try to do that. Brandon Nemo of the New York Mets, he went two for three with a double, a home run, two runs scored, two RBI, and a walk, and while Nemo might just barely get to 15 home runs this season, he won't steal any bases, he's been incredibly reliable in fantasy due to Nemo's strong plate discipline, evidenced by that 407 OBP he's got in August. If you accept the lack of power and speed and just focus on the run scores and ratios, you'll come to appreciate what Nemo really brings to the table, both for the Mets and for fantasy teams. Jake McCarthy of the Diamondbacks, he went four for five with three runs scored and two stolen bases. McCarthy now leads leads the league in steals so far in the second half with 10, one ahead of teammate Josh Rojas, who's actually and he's actually ahead of Rojas in batting average as well, with McCarthy hitting 337 to Rojas's 303 here in the second half. 
The poor offense around both McCarthy and Rojas limits their upside rather considerably, but when it comes to speed streamers, it's hard to do much better than McCarthy, as the Diamondbacks don't exactly have many paths to victory without manufacturing runs. Adolis Garcia of the Rangers just continued his ex his exceptional second half. He went two for four with a home run, and are you tired of us talking about Adolis yet? He extended a hitting streak to 23 games, and over the 100 plate appearances he's had in that stretch, Garcia has three home runs, 31 combined runs in RBI, and and six stolen bases, along with a 316 batting average. After fading badly in the second half of last season, the 29-year-old Garcia is showing he still has plenty left in the tank as he heads into the home stretch. While Garcia is likely to fall short of his 31 home runs he had in 2021, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets 27 to 28 home runs to go with 25 stolen bases, and that, my friends, is one heck of a season for the 29-year-old outfielder. And then Jake Fraley, a guy who I've been talking about a lot for the Reds, he went two for four with a run scored, a walk, and a stolen base, and since becoming the primary leadoff man for the Reds on August 13th. Fraley has four home runs, three doubles, two steals, and 13 runs scored across 13 games. If Fraley's available in any of your leagues and you need ratios, run scored, power, or speed, this is one of the best short-term to make because the Reds are about to start a six-game homestand with three games against the less scary parts of the Cardinals rotation, followed by three games against the Road Rockies. An excellent pickup for next week, and I think you should definitely be jumping on that. Starting pitching performances from yesterday, I'll lead with the longest one. Adam Aller of the Oakland A's took down the Yankees. It was a no decision, but he goes eight innings pitch, no earned runs, one hit, one walk, three strikeouts, 10 whiffs, and needed just 88 pitches to do it. It was a nice... It was a night of crazy efficiency for Oler, who had all but abandoned his slider and fed the Yankees a bunch of four-seamers and cutters up in the zone and got them to fly out all night long. Oller had the best command he's had all season, with the Brox Bombers begging to swing early in counts. Oller just kept getting ahead and putting them away. He's not really a great fantasy asset due to low strikeout total, but this is a great reminder that on any given night, a guy with spot-on command is tough to beat no matter who you are. Domingo Herman on the other side for the Yankees went against those A's. He got a no decision as well. He went 7.2 innings pitch, no earned runs, three hits, no walks, five strikeouts, and Herman throws a lot of stuff in the middle of the zone, which scares the crap out of me. But Herman's curveball-fastball changeup combination was more than good enough against the punchless A's. Herman gets the Rays next, who are also vulnerable, uh, as I'll talk about in a bit, but he's got to stop leaving those pitches middle. Shohei Otani of the Angels, he decimated the Toronto Blue Jays. He got the win on seven innings pitch, no earned runs, two hits, one walk, nine strikeouts on 109 pitches. This was a great rebound after Otani sputtered a bit against the Tigers, due to that stomach bug. Otani had all six of his pitches working. He threw each of them at least five times. Though as usual, he did lead with the slider and was throwing everything about two to three miles per hour harder than he did in his previous start, again, due to the stomach issue he had. So it's obvious that Otani's feeling a lot better now and is locked in once again. Kyle Gibson of the Phillies went against the Pirates. It was a nice matchup and he took advantage. He got the win on seven innings pitch, no earned runs, six hits, one walk, and nine strikeouts. Gibson also had six pitches going and he threw each of them at least 10% of the time. Sinkers, sliders, cutters, four-seamers, change-up, and curveballs, and each was actually effective. Gibson might just be a Toby, but at least Gibson can take advantage of the week's matchups, which is exactly what we want a Toby to do. Gibson gets the Giants next, who've been baseball's seventh-worst offense in the second half, and likely will have a good chance to take advantage of them as well, though maybe not quite as much as he took advantage of these Pirates. Rich Hill of the Red Sox put on the old man magic at its finest. He gets the win on seven innings pitch, no earned runs, three hits, one walk, 11 strikeouts, a 40% CSW on just 95 pitches. This was by far his best game of the season as Hill kept the Rays off balance all night. Had a CSW over 40% on the fastball cutter and slider. Can Rich do it again against the same race team when he gets them next week? 
Well, no, probably not, and hopefully you're not that desperate, but the old man magic, when it's on, can still be very tough for teams to deal with. Dustin May, the young ginger magic, uh, he went against the Marlins. He got the loss, but he went six innings pitch with two earned runs, five hits, one walk, and four strikeouts, 86 pitches, and it wasn't as good as round one against these same Marlins last week, but May caught the Marlins looking at that power sinker 10 times and featured it a lot more than he did in his first start. While the whiffs weren't quite as prevalent, he was still highly affected and you should be very pleased with what you have in Dustin May if you were able to get him on your roster. Finally, a couple aces who aced. Brandon Woodruff went against the Cubs. He got a no decision on six innings pitch, no earned runs, four hits, one walk, and ten strikeouts. Sandy Alcantara rebounded really nicely against the Dodgers of all teams. He got the win on nine innings pitched, one earned run, six hits, two walks, and ten strikeouts. The actual longest start of the day uh, because that's just what Alcantara does. Alec Manoa was against Otani, but pitched quite, quite well. He went seven innings pitch, got the loss, but one earned run, four hits, two walks, and eight strikeouts. And finally, Luis Castillo of the Mariners continued to be a good ad for them. He went against the Guardians. He got a no decision on six innings pitched, one earned run, four hits, one walk, and 10 strikeouts, 21 whiffs, an excellent outing for Luis Castillo. Now, for the relief pitchers, Emmanuel Kless recovered from the loss he suffered on Friday with an uber-efficient inning against the Mariners, where he needed just six pitches to dispose of three batters. Felix Batista continued his excellent run as the Orioles closer, notching a four-out save against the Astros while striking out three. Batista's thrown quite a bit over the last five days, so don't be surprised if Dylan Tate or CNL Perez gets a chance at a save today if the Orioles can get the upper hand on the Strohs again this afternoon. Sidearn slinging Jimmy Herget got the call for the Angels against the Blue Jays Saturday and executed the two-inning save in relief of Otani, allowing no hits while striking out two. The Angels seem to like using Herget for more than one inning, as this is his fourth two-inning or more outing in his last five appearances. It was another loss for Rowan Wick, who needed 28 pitches to record just a single out and gave up four runs, three earned. Just to let you know, he is a drop everywhere, folks. That job is not coming back to him anytime soon. And then Camille Duvall finally allowed his first run, allowed his first earned runs in August in extra innings against the Twins, throwing 1.1 innings but allowing two runs and two walks. That said, he's still got a very safe job and is an excellent closer for the rest of the season. Now, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll talk about the weather and the streaming picks of the day. Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast. Also, don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from YouTube videos, live streams, newsletters, off-season articles, TikToks, breakdowns, over 15 baseball podcasts on our network. We can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season. So sign up for PL Plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free. All right. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. And we are back, and as promised, we're going to talk about the weather by sending it over to our guy, Mark. Mark, take it away. Thank you very much. Well, looking at today's weather map, it's a little bit moved east as compared to yesterday. Yesterday, we saw some problems for the night game in Minnesota. Today, we're going to see that weather system slowly creep east a little bit. So what two places will have some concerns today are going to be the White Sox 
and the Royals. The Royals host the Padres, and the White Sox are hosting the Diamondbacks, so two American League teams hosting National League teams. So they want to do the, their best to get these games in, and it's not like these are going to be an all-day soaking rain, more like showers and thunderstorms around, so they should be able to get these games in. Just something to keep an eye on as well through the day. Have a good one, and I'll talk to you later. Thank you, Mark. Your insight is always appreciated. As far as streaming picks of the day, Nick Pavetta has been rather good of late, and I'm almost hesitant to even say that, because his command is a ticking time bomb. That said, I think Pavetta might have it in him to beat up on a race team that just helplessly flailed at Rich Hill for 7 innings. Also in the world of Knicks, Nick Lodolo of the Reds gets the Nationals today. He's available in roughly 75% of leagues, so that's a much better start if you can grab it. I feel pretty good about that one. On the hitting side, three teams to look for who should have some players available on waiver wires. Number one, the Reds against Patrick Corbin, because you can always attack Patrick Corbin and have pretty good results. The Tigers get Koei Arihara, a right-hander for the Rangers. This is not a very reliable pitcher. Uh, command has been an issue for him. I think this is a team the Tigers can take advantage of, especially after they scored a bunch of runs last night. And then the Phillies get Ronzi Contreras, who I like in the long term, but in the short term has shown a lot of command issues and leaving too many things over the heart of the plate for Phillies to attack. So I do think that they can do that. And with that, thank you so much for listening again. My name is Scott Chu. You can find me on Twitter at if the Chew Fits. If you head over to the site, we got the SP Roundup. We've got the batter's box. We've got the reliever ranks. We've got everything you need to win fantasy baseball leagues, and now is the time to do it. So many people are focusing on football. You don't have to. You can focus on baseball and make up a lot of ground much easier than you think just by making a few few moves here and there. And so again, thank you so much for listening. We will catch you next time. This has been the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at PitcherList, and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.